Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I'm excited to be joined by Steve Hogan, CEO of Florida Citrus Sports, which, among other things, is the organization that runs the Cheese It Citrus Bowl. Steve, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. So you're getting Iowa again, second time in a three-year span, a little bit of deja vu. Hey, I love it, right? I mean, you know, we, we've had such a, a long relationship, certainly with the Big Ten, but Iowa in general. I mean, it's an amazing game here back in 2006, you know, an epic catch at the end of the game to beat LSU. I think it's one of the great Iowa Hawkeye wins uh, in, in the postseason history. So that's kind of cool to be a part of. And every time they come here, you know, it feels great. I mean, they got a bush light loaded up somewhere in town, right? And <laughs> everybody's going to kind of close up shop, come on down for a week, and we love it. You know the Iowa items by now, it seems, with the bush light. Yeah, no, it's hey, it's cool, right? I think uh, being a Midwestern kid myself, you know, you understand the, the, the climate this time of year. It's going to be a lot warmer here. You're going to get to enjoy some of these things. But I think all of us in college football's postseason, you know, you have an amazing band. Uh, you you want to see that, again, be a part of what the game day atmosphere feels like. We all know that it's going to be a bit of a break now uh, before we get to see Iowa Hawkeye football again. Uh, so I think that's what's special. And you got some people that are, this is their last game. You want to send them off with a great career. Um, the seniors, especially those that aren't going to do it for a living. And that's what makes postseason and bowl games in particular special. We just, we love um, really kind of how the fans, I, I love the approach to the hospital, the children's hospital. We're a philanthropic organization that, that tries to do the same thing with our resources. So the culture of it is just a good fit. And then when you're looking at all of the factors that go into which team do you select for a bowl, what makes Iowa especially appealing? Well, I mean, this is a 10-win, highly-ranked team, right, in the final college ball playoff poll, and that's a big part of what you want. You want a team that's earned their way in. You know, we pick first after the playoff um, this entire cycle. We've been with the league at the highest level for the last, you know, 30 years, essentially, and they check all those boxes. You know, they've earned it. They deserve it. They're respected by the country. Uh, this particular year, of course, it's a heavy hitter in, in the defensive category, right? It's a real winner in defense. Always been pretty good in defense. Um, and so to see that go toe-to-toe with a team like Tennessee and the SEC, that's always interesting. The Big Ten and the SEC getting together at the highest level. So, you know, they check those boxes. And, um, you know, if you can get some great visitation and fan travel and all that, it's great. But at the beginning and end of this, they deserve it. They deserve this trip, and we want to reward them with it. How much did the impression that Hawkeyes fans left two years ago, how much does that impact things when you're looking at a fan base that – has shown recently the willingness to travel in pretty good numbers. Yeah, I mean, it all it matters, of course, right? I mean, these are not cheap things to do. There's a pretty stiff, stiff investment, of course, in, in postseason payouts and all, as it should be. And so you want teams that are going to be able to bring their fans and all do this together and, and make the whole system work. But we, we've historically had a great experience with the Big Ten kind of top to bottom. We've had almost everybody in the league over the many you know decades we've been doing this um and the hawkeyes never really disappoint right so it's it's you you want you would make the decision anyway because they've earned it but the fact that they have such a robust fan base um that's just icing on the cake when you're looking at that iowa tennessee matchup what really made that appealing for you guys well, again, I, you know, what you really want is a national audience that maybe is not as in tune to Iowa football 
or Tennessee football, as the case may be, nationally. They're sitting on the couch. They're, they're on New Year's Day. ABC TV's on. You see two teams with the records that they both have ranked nationally in the country. That That's it, right? You want that so that people say, I got, I got to watch this. Of course you want the game to stay close. You, know, you want that to be a competitive football game because that part of it matters. But I think mostly versus the X's and the O's and how they match up with each other, defensive and offensively. I think it's more about they've earned where they are. Usually that's a recipe for success in terms of viewership interest and, and everything else. So that that's it for us. I mean, we're, we, I think if you really base anything else on it, you can throw these records out sometimes. And you have a transfer portal, uh, the NFL, you know, all these kinds of things really have a way of making these games sometimes closer maybe than they otherwise might appear to be. And, and so it just works. And then how have ticket sales been so far with now, if I'm doing my math right, a little over two weeks ago? Yeah, you know, so far, so good. You know, we're, we're having the kind of sale publicly that we would expect to have in, in, a, in a citrus bowl, cheese citrus bowl sale. So um, it's worked well. You know, we're seeing the fans come in strength. Um, the Tennessee fans really want to come down to cap their season two. This is another historically great traveling football team. So um, we expect to have a vibrant, you know, full bright sun day at one o'clock, you know, for the country to see, um, you know, north of 50,000 people in the buildings where we always kind of want to be. I feel like we're pacing for that now. What would be your case for somebody who's listening and maybe on the fence of, okay, do they fork up the money for the airfare to head down? Well, I, I think, you know, there's an economic reality to all these decisions we make as families, right, in life. But um, I think what all of us appreciate about this is, that, you know, A, Orlando has so many options. There's 120,000 or so plus hotel rooms here. There, there's a package from an affordability standpoint that you could piece together um, regardless of your spectrum of fandom. You know, whether you want to be on the 50-yard line or sitting in a suite or, or in, in the four seasons, you could do that. But there's also a way to come do this reasonably. And I think it's that experience. It's that quality of life thing. You look back later, the, the FOMO of it, right? You're watching on TV going, you know what? I need that for my soul. I want to be in there with, you know, tens of thousands of other Hawkeye fans and saying, uh, you know, it's something in the memory bank and it's worth that alone is worth it. Right. And and to me, that's what it's all about. I mean, we want to create that experience and, and provide that value. But um, there's something about being there live that you just can't replicate. And I think later you'll be disappointed that you didn't do it. I guess the forecast in Orlando probably doesn't hurt in terms of your pitch either. No, of course. I mean, it's going to be sunny in 72. Um, you have a guaranteed, right? You have, you have, you know, so many things to do also. Of course, it's going to be a huge fan, you know, fan fest on game day. There's things just the whole atmosphere is going to be amazing. Pep rally down at Point Orlando, kind of the international drive, the tourism corridor where the band's going to be there. They're going to be firing everybody up. You'll be together for that. But Orlando has so much, whether it's Universal or Disney or SeaWorld or literally thousands of, of uh, entertainment zones, fun spots of the world. Um, you could you could fill an hour of the day, two hours of the day, 12 hours of the day with doing some of those things. And I think that in and of itself, or at least for 80 million people a year, is worth the trip. The fact that your team's here uh, really just kind of is icing on the cake. Let's just celebrate the new year and we can go back to work a couple of days later. <laughs> <laughs> and then you announced Gavin DeGraw as your halftime performer. Initially, Iowa's marching band wasn't going to be part of the halftime performance. And it sounds like you've made a little bit of an audible there. 
So what exactly, or what was kind of the thought process in terms of this halftime entertainment and um, what is this kind of going to look like when you have the Iowa band, Tennessee band and Gavin DeGraw, you all have to fit them in, in a certain number of minutes. No, for sure. It's tight, but look, we've always, we, we this isn't the first time we've had live acts perform amongst the bands, you know, at, at the halftime, you got to fit it in. Um, the bands are professionals in or saying how to do this. We we've had the bands at halftime for decades. Um, we originally, even before having Gavin, we just thought that a longer performance times for the bands was an even better model, right? To take Gavin out of it. We thought seven minutes for one band and seven minutes for the other band and pre give them their full show. Let, let somebody be able to do what their normal traditions and routines are at pregame team through the band, the whole, the whole show. And the same thing at halftime. And it sounds good in theory, right? But both wanted to very clearly be in both. And so to do that, you have to get where, go back to where we've been all along, which is five and five at halftime and, and then five and five in pregame. And that works for us, too. We just it was very innocent, you know, kind of way to approach it. We thought we were doing something even better for bands, which was a more full throated show. Um, so then you put Gavin in the middle and that still works. We used to always do a halftime performance with thousands of, of gymnasts and cheer people from around the country. Um, for about seven to eight minutes to, you know, two five minute shows on and off and, and off we go. So we just went back to that. So we're, we're excited. It worked out. Um, bands are a really important part of, of the college football tapestry. Right. And, and, it, and we demonstrated that. So it was an easy pivot, um, but it was really well intended from the beginning. <laughs> then the most important question I'm going to ask, are fans going to be able to get Cheez-Its at the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? Of course, of course, you'll get cheeses. You know, you, you'll have more cheeses than you deserve, let's just say, not than you want. We all want more cheeses, but, you know, it, it's, you know, you can have a lot of partners in this business, and we've all had many. Uh, it sure is fun to have have brands that are, you can consume, people want, maybe in some cases have, have remembered from their childhood. And so Cheez-Its is, is a blast. Dumping that on Coach, I think, appreciates it. They love the, the Cheez-It shower over maybe liquid, but, <laughs> but it's uh, it's all good fun. A little easier to clean up probably the Cheez-Its than being doused in Gatorade or technically I was a Powerade school. So whichever energy drink there. Right. hundred percent. At least for Coach, right? It doesn't <laughs> require a full on change of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that'd be important for fans to know kind of as we look kind of a little more than two weeks from bowl game? Yeah, no, I just think, you know, again, you know, you're not going to get a chance at a do-over. So, the, you know, football is going away for a while. Come come be a part of it one last time, support these kids, give them a great atmosphere on that game day. This is it for, for the seniors. Um, and, and I think just the organizations and the institution here in Orlando, they all, our hearts are in the right place in the end. We've invested over $100 million in the last 10 years in the neighborhoods adjacent to the stadium, two mixed income, affordable housing developments, health and wellness buildings. You know, the fact that that's what college football, much like Iowa, has focused on around their building and around um, the, the children's medical hospital. Those things, you know, by you being here, we're supporting those kids on the field that deserve it, the band members that are on the field that deserve it a neighborhood that deserves it. And I think that's just good fun, right? So come down and do that. Look back later and go, I'm glad I went. Well, Steve, thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me. We'll see you down here soon in Orlando.
Yes. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.